Welcome to Christchurch this year. We got together with, as Church of the Cross and Christchurch um, at Church of the Cross last year after the new purchase of their property. And again, congratulations on that. I wasn't here. I was on sabbatical last year during this service, and uh, so I didn't join you all at uh, Church of the Cross, but um, such an exciting kind of milestone. Um, my name is Cliff. I'm one of the priests here at Christchurch. Uh, I want to welcome everyone from both congregations, and some of you might be from uh, neither. Maybe you looked on one of the church websites because a friend of yours mentioned the church and you found the service, you made your way here. Maybe uh, you've come in from a sign on the street. Uh, but however you ended up here, I want to welcome you here tonight. Um, together, as these two congregations, this is our eighth Holy Week to do together, which is pretty incredible to do a service jointly like that and give expression not only to our, our own oneness as... Uh, people who've shared history together as congregations that have a history together, but also an embodiment of the whole body of Christ in the city of Austin, that the whole body of Christ is one, even though we have hundreds of local, smaller congregations around this city, uh, Jesus has one church in Austin, and this is a way that just we get to give expression to that in a night of worship. Um, also, I uh, just want to say uh, to everybody who has been part of uh, making Holy Week happen and Lent happen in both churches, there's a lot of extra that goes into the preparations and just say how much we appreciate um, Altar Guild and I mean, all the teams at both churches, it, there's a lot of extra weight to pull. And here we enter now into the kind of the concentrated three-day period from this moment until Easter Sunday, and we feast of the resurrection. Um, time slows down even further. It started with Palm Sunday, but you can just kind of feel uh, our souls quieting and us entering into the story. This evening, Maundy Thursday, marks the final night of Jesus with his disciples, and there's so much that we see happening in our gospel reading tonight, from the betrayal of Judas... Um, to the washing of the feet, to the Last Supper that's happening on uh, this night. And Monday Thursday kind of brings all of that together, really putting emphasis on two things, the washing of feet that happens that night and the sharing of that Last Supper. And Jesus saying, I want you to remember me to his friends in one way, have a meal together. And so we gather tonight kind of in that last, uh, with the disciples in that last moment. Um, one component of worship tonight is we are actually going to do a foot washing. Um, and so you will be invited in that. We'll have a lot of instructions. Um, I'll get to that in just a bit. Um, before we get to that, I want to take a look with you just briefly at, in this gospel reading, three verses that as I was looking over the gospel reading in preparation for tonight, they just struck me, stood out to me in a way uh, that they never have before. And in fact, I, there's this one thing I want to tell you about that I've never seen before. Um, that, and it happens in these three verses. John 13, verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin 
and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a the towel that was wrapped around him. So right off the bat, John tells us not so much what the disciples knew about Jesus as what Jesus knew about himself. We get a little glimpse into Jesus' self-understanding right here. Jesus knew that he comes from the Father and was returning to the Father, and Jesus knew that the Father had put everything into Jesus' hands, all power, all things, that language there. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and some translations will say, handed over everything to him, put all things in his hands, all power in Jesus' hands. He knows this about himself. He comes from the Father, returning to the Father, and the Father's put everything into his hands, all power, all things. And as you hear that in this text, it might call to mind some other passages of Scripture. If you uh, are familiar with the Gospel of Matthew, how it ends, sometimes called the Great Commission. And after the resurrection, Jesus comes to his disciples and appears to them and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. It's another kind of expression of uh, what we see here in John 13. Colossians 1 speaks to this. All things were created in him, things in heaven and on earth. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. We have that phrase, all things, in John 13 and here in Colossians. And he reconciles to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And then at the end of the Bible, in the last book, in Revelation chapter 5, there's this. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. So we get a glimpse right here of how Jesus understands himself. And one of the things he understands about himself in this moment is that the Father has given him, handed over to him, all power. And that's a really important kind of preface to everything that follows. John wants us to understand that this is who is about to wash the feet of his friends. But there's one more critical thing, and this is what I was saying. I've never seen this before uh, until I was preparing for tonight. One other critical thing to notice about John's description of what happens. Verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was turning to God. Now, verse 4 so he got up and washed his disciples' feet. I've never noticed before that word, so. And it's not just in translation. It's actually in the original language. There's a conjunction there that this is, this is quite literal right here where it says, so. It doesn't say that even though Jesus had and held all divine power, he set that aside and instead did something servant-hearted. Jesus knew that he had all power, so he got up and served. The connection is absolutely organic between the two. It's a natural flow from one to the other. From between, on the one hand, all things put under Jesus' power, and on the other, Jesus serving in the most humble way. There's not a disjunction here. There's a causal, there's a, a flow from one thing into the next. These two facts are connected in a completely natural way, as logical as if I was to say, I stood outside in the rain today, and so I got wet. 
That's what Jesus is saying. The logic of God, the logic of power in the kingdom of God is that organic. John is saying all power was handed over to Jesus, and so he took the towel and the basin and washed his friend's feet. Rain is wet. Power serves. So this little scene right here is this beautiful microcosm of the entire gospel. Think of it this way. Think of the whole story of the gospels in these words that we can lift right out of this text. Jesus got up from the right hand of God, laid aside his glory, took up human flesh and wrapped himself in it and cleansed us. That's the gospel. And that's what we participate in, in the washing of feet. We receive this kind of love from this kind of God, this kind of power and strength that shows itself in that kind of humble service. There's something vulnerable about washing someone's feet uh, or letting someone, perhaps more so, letting someone wash your feet. Likewise, there's something vulnerable about letting people see the, the unguarded moments of our heart, flaws and all. As my friend Father Peter put it last year during this service, my heart is no less ugly, no less inelegant than my feet. <laughs> Neither is yours. So to participate in foot washing is an embodied form of this kind of acceptance that we have in Christ. Coming as we are, just as we are, flaws and all to each other and to Jesus and finding mercy there. Finding that we're received, that we are loved. So I want to encourage you to approach the foot washing at two levels. The first level is a human level. Receive and give in the foot washing. Whether you're washing someone's feet or someone's washing yours, receive and give kindness, love, service to each other, one human creature to another. And then the other level that I want to encourage you to approach it is as Jesus. If someone washes your feet, receive it as Jesus loving you. Just imagine... Put yourself into that space as Jesus is loving you. Jesus is accepting you. If you're washing someone's feet, someone else's feet, conceive of what you're doing in that moment as demonstrating Jesus' love to someone, his acceptance. Pray that that person whose feet you're washing would receive it as if Jesus was washing their feet. As Jesus, the creator of and the king, Jesus, to whom all power has been given, is kneeling before them to show kindness and to show care. So you might tonight um, not want to have your feet washed, and that is absolutely okay. Uh, you might not want your feet to be touched or, or washed. And if somebody comes up to you and, and, and invites you, perhaps, to have your feet washed, it's really okay if they come up to you and, and they, they ask, can I wash your feet? And for you to say, no, thank you, but let's pray. 
totally fine. But I also want to encourage you that in, in these follows moments, that there might be a, a risk that you're invited to take. And it might not be the foot wa- in the foot washing. But there will be stations around this room for the foot washing um, and outside as well. And, um, and it might be that's the way that you want to risk something in offering uh, yourself to wash somebody's feet or um, for your feet to be washed. And trust that, that Jesus will meet you there. Or maybe that risk that you take tonight is just to abandon yourself to worship and just give yourself over to worship. So while, while the foot washing has happened, the worship team is going to be leading us in worship. You can just stay right where you are and worship freely. And, and maybe that's in a quiet, interior way, giving yourself over to the Lord. Maybe it's in raising your hands. Maybe it's in kneeling. Maybe you know sign and you want to sign the song, the lyrics. Uh, maybe you want to express your, yourself in, in dance or in the movement of your body in some way. Risk something. You can also do that in prayer and just crying out for mercy, taking a chance and saying, God, will you come? And asking God to come and meet you in the place that you are in mercy. And you can do that with other people. We're going to have prayer teams. At, a couple of prayer teams will be one in that corner. In that cor- corner, the, the stations for washing the feet are up here. Prayer teams will be in the back of the room. And you can go to someone and share a situation in your life that you, where you just need God's intervention. And you're crying out to him for something in your life, in your own life, or someone you love. And you can share that with them, and they'll pray with you. Um, and then lastly, if maybe you, you want to not only invite somebody to go for the foot washing, you want to wash somebody's feet, or maybe somebody comes to you, um, you also might not want to wait for somebody to come and invite you to that, but you would love for someone to wash your feet. And the clergy are going to be here sitting on this side, and um, there will be some of the clergy over here, and you can just go over there and one of the clergy will wash your feet. So you might go with someone in the room who invites you. Uh, You might go on your own over to one of the clergy. You might stay where you are in worship. You might go and get prayer. But we want to ask you to offer this time up, risking something and saying, God, I trust you and your mercies to meet me.